0: If you're an exception, just give God one more. Somebody's faith is getting this thing now. It's not too late. But God can never make an exception for somebody who stays on the boat. You be like, I'm the exception. Then he tells you to go tell somebody. No, 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 no. I like the boat though, God. This is safe. He says, start making the movie. Well, I don't have funding. You have your iPhone. <laughs> I am. Well, God, it doesn't look like what everybody else has. He said, I told you to start making the movie. But I won't want to start until you show me some other things. And God said, get out the boat. Look at your neighbor, just two of them. Tell him, get out the boat. Get out the boat. Okay, let me go to my next point. The one thing that we realize... In Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. See, we started this whole thing in verse 28, but we need to get context of what just happened. In verse 22, Jesus performed the miracle of the two fish and the five loaves. He multiplied and fed 5,000 people with the long John Silver snack pad. And everybody's tripping right now, like, dang, Jesus is the man. Like, maybe we should just follow him. And, and, And what the Bible says is that he gives the disciples some instructions. Look at verse 22. It says, immediately... Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Now, this is something that really um, messes with my mind, because in in faith, sometimes we we like it to be all good or all the devil. And we never live in a tension of like what happens in situations like this, because what you don't know is that these disciples are about to run into a storm. But Jesus put them in the boat and made them go to the other side. So, 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 so what I'm trying to tell you is my point is Wavy Faith believes I was exported or I was sent. See, anytime I buy a lot of clothes um, overseas and what they do is they say, hey, we have to export your purchase or your product to America because they have to send it from wherever they are to the next place. And and when I when I read this, it's Jesus who is the one that's saying, hey, he says immediately Jesus made. So Peter probably was like Jesus, I just want to stay with you, bro. I want to hold your Bible. I want to I want to walk where your sandals walk. And Jesus said, no. I have, I have something that I need you to do. Get in the boat. And many times we talk about faith and we talk about drowning and we talk about getting in storms from the perspective of us messing up and now we're in a storm. Like I made the wrong decision and now I'm in a storm. Or I, or I, I hooked up with the wrong person and now this is a storm. Or I got with the wrong business partner and now I'm in a storm. But what happens when you obeyed what God said yeah, come on. and you're still in a storm see this is the tension nobody wants to talk about because I obeyed you God and I got in the boat and I did what you said and now why are the winds in the waves it's because maybe the scene of what you think is your greatest storm is also the setting for your greatest miracle need you to hear me say this a few moments after the storm is going to be where peter walks on water he had to get peter out there somehow so what if this storm was scheduled to get peter in a specific location to be able to have the opportunity to work one of the greatest miracles that would ever be talked about in history. What if your job was the storm God sent you to? Wow. To get you just frustrated enough that you would come back to him and ask him for a vision again that would be the place where your business or that idea, oh, y'all don't hear me, is birthed out of, and the place of your greatest storm will also be the place of your greatest miracle. So so when you're walking on wavy faith, it's saying if I'm out here in this waves, God's got to use this. If I'm in the middle of a storm, if I'm in the middle of this dysfunction, somehow, I think my Bible says all things. All of these things is about to work together for the good of of me because I'm the exception. Like, I I don't know about everybody else and they may not have the faith to believe. And yes, I lost my house. And yes, I lost some friends. And yes, I, I lost and I lost and I lost. But somehow. God's going to use all of this to position me in a place where my faith can turn into a miracle. And this is what Peter had to believe. And so I I, I need you to realize that maybe the storm, I come to encourage somebody, maybe the storm you're in, you need to step back and evaluate. Did God send this? And I know this messes with people because this is the tension of believing God. But maybe I wouldn't have moved if the situation hadn't gotten this bad. Maybe I wouldn't have broke up with them if I didn't pull up their account and I saw videos. Like I, I wanted to trust what they said, but I had to go to the storm because it was the only thing that could reposition me to the place. Maybe the deal had to fall through so I could pay attention to my child who needed me in this season. If you don't believe that God's working all these things together, you won't think that he sent you. You think it was the enemy. It's the devil. The devil didn't send them to the storm. It was Jesus who's the alpha and the the beginning and the. So he knew what was going to happen in your middle. So what if the storm was scheduled? So they find themselves in a storm. But I want to show you this point because we need to parallel what we do in the natural and then what Jesus does in the spiritual. Because I want you to write this point down. Wavy faith prepares with expectation. Now, this is something that you get when you look deeper into scripture and really meditate on the word. That's why the Bible says, don't just read it, but like meditate on it day and night. And so I saw this and it just blessed my spirit. Like there is a a paradox going on at the exact same time of two humans. There's Peter and there's Jesus. And all of us, because we know the end of the story that Jesus got up and he rose with all power from the grave. Like that ain't happened. He's all human and all God. So he goes through human experiences the same way that we would so him walking on water was just a, as a miracle as peter walking on water this wasn't like oh it's jesus so he could walk on water no 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 he was a man he would he in his natural state would be able to fall and 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 drown the same way anybody else would so watch what happens jesus sends the disciples to the other side and look what the bible says in in matthew fourteen twenty three. it says after he had dismissed them He went up to a mountainside by himself to do what? Not decompress. He didn't go up there to just have some woo time, some woo saw time, or some me time, or I need a refreshing moment. What did he be? What did he go and do when he was alone? Pray. He went to do spiritually what he needed to do to stand in the natural on something people said could not happen. It says he went by himself to pray and he wanted everybody to know that he was alone because it goes on to say later that night he was there alone. This was not a committee group prayer meeting. This was not all me and my pastor. and my. It said that he had to get by himself and pray. Why? Because Jesus was spiritually preparing to stand on what others drown in. See, most of us are trying to work our way to a spot that once we get there, we won't be able to stand there. We won't have the character. We won't have the fortitude. We won't have the know-how because we did not prepare spiritually. And so what many people are doing is they're rowing their way to the same place that God's going to walk to. Disciples. All right, Jesus, we love you. Oh, Jesus. God, did you work out, Sean? I didn't. Shoot, my side hurting. And the Bible tells us that they row all night. And at dawn, Jesus comes walking on the water to where they were. Now, hold on. The disciples had a head start. They had 12 people. Oh, my God. I better lose some weight from this. like... And they're rowing. But because Jesus went to pray and prepare himself spiritually, he walked to where were others rowed to. How does that apply to me, Pastor Mike? Some of you are so frustrated because you think you've missed your season. Cause God's had you in a season of consecration and prayer and fasting and all these other things and while everybody's expending their energy in relationships out here rowing I'm out here with my boo there'll be another one next month out here rowing missing pieces of yourself out here trying to network God says, if you would spend time in the presence, he said, I can open up one door that'll allow you to be at the same place as people who've been rowing for you. Uh, Oh, y'all don't hear me. He said, I can open up one door. And what happens is, we find out that when Peter steps off the boat, he has a moment of doubt and he starts sinking. Why? Because what happened was, Is Peter saw Jesus do something publicly, but he didn't prepare the same way privately. So Peter was ready for the front side of the blessing to walk on water, but he wasn't prepared for the back side of the blessing, which was a moment of doubt. And many of you are like, God, why don't you put me in? I can preach better than Pastor Mike. I can sing better than destiny. I can administrate better than Bree. He says, because you're ready for the front side of the blessing but the back side of the blessing will kick your butt <laughs> and, and, and this is what I came to tell some people in this room is that's why you go to prayer and God works in you and out of you things that nobody else can see that's why some of y'all have spreadsheets and plans for days and at the moment God puts you in the room you fold because you did not prepare in the season alone to be able to do in front of everybody what God's asking you to do you see how low them claps are we need a praying church. We need a church that'll cut Netflix off. We need a church that doesn't care about everything that comes out brand new and will spend time with God. But most people don't care because you're going to be on the boat the rest of your life. Rowing. Rowing your way to what you think God's plan is for you. And what you don't know is you're going in circles. You're rowing on one side. And it just got you going in circles. How did, how did 19 look the same as 29, as the same as 39, as the same as 49, as the same as 50? How did it keep doing? It's because you never took a moment to say, maybe I need to go away and pray. Please don't get it twisted. The secret sauce of this church is not um, um, oratory skills, it's not worship, it's prayer. Before service today, My mom was in the back calling down heaven over my life. You don't hear what I'm saying? I'm not standing here as a regular dude preaching to y'all. I'm out here walking on water. This message is going to be heard by hundreds of thousands of people. And how in the world could I, as a human, speak to every situation that's going on? But the Holy Spirit is omniscient. That means all-knowing. And he knows everything. And when I pray and I prepare on the back end, what God does is speak to you on the front end. And then I don't go home and get attacked to say, way because we made sure that we prayed and God is saying if you gonna step out in the boat don't step out and you didn't prepare all I'm trying to help you is get some keys to walking in wavy faith somebody shout at me wavy faith faith. I just want you to know that God is the one who restores the years and some of you this principle shows you that it's not too late for you He doesn't stop time. He restores time. So what ends up happening is what took somebody a very long time. God can literally this year open one door and you're at the same place. You walk into it. Or let me bring it to transformation church terms. You stride into what people strive into. And until you get that, you'll be out here rowing, thinking that God has forgotten you, wasting time. And what God is saying is, um, I want to meet you in a place that seems unsure, but it's so that you can do a miracle that nobody has ever done before you and nobody's ever going to do after you. Now watch, wavy faith, write this down, examines before expressing. It examines the situation. So the disciples are in the boat. I need some disciples real quick. Come up here real quick. Y'all, yeah. All y'all come up here. Okay, here we go. Come on, sis. Y'all already know. All right. So we in the boat, okay? And and we out here, and we we just rowing all night. Oh, God. Everybody ro- Man, use your hands, brother. I mean, come on, man. We got to get up out of here. We rowing. And then the Bible says, keep rowing. Keep rowing. And then the Bible says that they see something in the distance and it looks like a ghost. And somebody said, ah, it's a ghost. And everybody gets scared. Ah. Because that's what we do when Jesus is coming towards us in a different way. Come on, that's so good and we weren't ready and we weren't expecting how he was going to present the promotion. We weren't expecting how he was going to change us. And so when Jesus comes and we get scared, we go, ah! (laughs) And what happens is I want you to read the text. Put it on the screen for me, please. It tells us, it says that the disciples were terrified. Wow, wow. Now we learned last week, what's the difference between faith um, it's not doubt, it's yeah. what fear. fear. Yeah, because the disciples were afraid. What they did was they started labeling something that was for their good as something bad. Look what they said, it's a ghost. Wow. Now, the reason I say carefully examine before you start expressing is because if you don't give situations in your life enough time to unfold you'll label something in a storm one thing when it's actually something else. May I submit to you that God in a storm doesn't always look like God. And what they would call a ghost in one season, a few minutes later, they would call God. What some of y'all are saying is, my friends have betrayed me in just a few years. You're gonna say, that was God. And, and, and the, oh, y'all don't hear me. The relationship that just broke off, it, right now, it's a bad breakup. But in a few years, you're gonna say, that was God. That was the best thing that never happened to me the business not getting started. That's not bad. That was God. 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 Examine clearly Before you start putting your mouth on it and labeling it because you'll have to relabel it Some of the things you think are bad right now You can't fully see the whole thing because you're in a storm But what God is saying is what what you think is a ghost really might be God. <laughs> so, so, so so, what are you saying, Pastor Mike? Okay. When God shows up in your storm and he's, he's looking not like him to the point where I said, maybe that's a ghost. You need to realize this simple truth. It may be too early to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're out here on wavy faith, when I... When I told everybody we was going to buy the Spirit Bank Event Center. And they was like, Pastor, you want to go start looking at Kmart's? Because it's not. <laughs> Ain't nothing happened. Maybe you miss God. It's too early to tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, some of y'all want to answer right now. And, 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 and you're feeling pressure from other people for what needs to happen. And God's saying, hold them off, hold them off. It's too early to tell. What you think is a failed business proposition is not a setback. It's a setup for the biggest story that I'm about to write in your life. And some of y'all need to just tell your neighbor, it's too early to tell. It's to, just tell one more person, it's too early to tell. So these disciples, sitting here in the boat, scared. Fearful, and then somebody sees maybe that. Hold on, hold on, bro. Do you see that? You don't see it? Do, do, do you see it though? Kinda, Kinda? you don't see it <laughs> now, bro. We've been three years. Y'all, three years, we've been walking with Jesus, talking to Jesus, having all our meals with Jesus. Could that be? He look a little different right now in the storm. I mean, he look a little wider. Would you skinny? I think he look a little wider. Now watch. I need everybody to see this. How come they didn't recognize the person they had been with every day? For the past 3 years. At some point Peter said, I don't know, but maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. I'm not sure. Yeah. But maybe that's Jesus. Yeah, come on. And so he stood up. He was like, "Hold on, y'all, just stay right here." Lord if it's you, but isn't that what maybe faith yeah. says? Yeah. If this job is you, wow. yeah. if this relationship is you, good. if this move is you, yeah. if writing this book is you, if it's you, yeah. tell me to come. Now, why out of everybody did Peter get up at this moment? Because Peter's a fisherman and Peter is used to the water. He's used to being on boats. But at the moment, I believe that he realized it was Jesus. He saw his leader, the person that he's seen do miracle after miracle after miracle. Automatically, he wanted to be where his savior was. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So at the moment that he was exposed to a life outside of the boat, that's great. Yeah. He said, I got to get up out the pole. Why would he ask? I mean, if it was me and we were the disciples, I would have said, if we saw Jesus coming to us, I said, y'all, it's a ghost. We would have turned that mug around. Use your hands, fool. And We would have straight turned the other direction like many of us do when God starts approaching us in a different way. We turn around and we say it must be the devil. It's a ghost. And we start going the wrong direction. But what did Peter do? Peter got exposed. Come on. He got exposed to his leader living in wavy faith. I'll, don't miss this. Wavy faith can't ignore exposure. The reason that many of you are like, why am I just coming to transformation church right now? Like, why did God realign and bring me all this other stuff? Is because you have a leader. Who no longer lives inside of the boat. And I'm not saying this to pump myself up or anything, but you came to this church and God painted a picture of a crazy faith miracle so you could see your leader out here on water. And at the moment that somebody who's following sees their leader out on the water, the boat automatically becomes a frustration. The reason why many of you are frustrated in what you're doing right now, frustrated in how life is going, is because you've seen, hold on. If God can do it for regular old, felony having, I'm just a pornography addicted, started as the sound man at the church. If he could do it for Pastor Mike, maybe, 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 He wants me to walk in water in my family, walk on water in my purpose, walk on water. Y'all don't hear me in this place. You're not here on an accident. God put you in the middle of a miracle to say, come a little deeper. Get out the boat. Let's come a little further. Peter could have stayed on the boat and be like, Jesus, come get in this boat. Jesus, y'all! JC! Scoot over, man. We got room for Jesus in here. And that's what we want him to do. Fit into our plans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Jesus come fit into our our, our um, structure that we've made. That's why I stopped the service and I prayed for Michael. Because we had a boat of this service. We had a structure of this service. But God brought somebody here from Guam who said, I'm desperate. And so we interrupted the regularly scheduled boat ride. And we stepped out of the boat. And what God is asking is you, will you step out of the boat? That's why some of you are watching online. And that's why you're in the 1 o'clock and the 5 o'clock service. That's why you're here. Yeah. Because God wants you exposed to faith, exposed to miracles. That's great. Because the right exposure, exposure will ruin your excuses. Yeah. The right exposure will ruin your excuses. You can't see somebody with with no qualifications walk into Come on. Come on. what God has allowed us to walk into, and then say, "Well, God, you can't do it for me." Hold on, why? He's looking for somebody to have the faith to be the exception. Yeah. So look at it. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. I said all of that to just say this point right here. Say, Lord, if it's you, maybe faith. Tell me to come to you on the water. Tell me to, to start believing you beyond my borders. Uh, yeah. come on. Give me a vision that's bigger than me so I can believe for it. Yeah. Yeah. Call me to serve these people who can't pay me. Come on, <laughs> they're just a resource but you're the source so yeah. if you call me come on, up, come up, on, up. I'll step outside this boat yeah. and he said if it's you tell me to come look at Jesus' response come then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus I'm going to play it again so you can get a picture Charles B. Peter so he said if it's you tell me to come Jesus says come so Peter gets up, he steps out of the boat, and he walks on water. Get back in there, because they didn't see that. He said, "He said, if it's you, tell me to come. So Peter, the, Jesus says, come. Peter gets up out of the boat, and he steps out of the boat, and he walks on water. One more time, just for all the remedial people in the room, okay? He says, if it's you, tell me to what? And Peter gets out of the boat steps out of the boat and walks on water, okay?